Welcome to the 11th episode of the Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast with your hosts, Nick and Gwen. Our podcast is all about inspiring farmers to try out new things and find ways to adapt to change. But sometimes the fear of failure can hold us back from trying out new things and make necessary changes. Now, we've all been there, we've tried something at the time we thought was a great idea, only to fall flat on our faces. The way we respond to that is what makes us either average or great. Yes, according to the best-selling author John C. Maxwell of the book Failing Forward, the difference between average people and achieving people is their perception of and response to failure. But the reason for today's episode is that we recently came across an article written by Amy Coleman, that we really like because it looked at how we can apply the concept of failing forward to agriculture. We thought it would be great to discuss the topic further and we're really delighted when Emmy agreed to jump onto an episode with us. Emmy works and lives in the Netherlands where she established her own business in 2020, providing services as an editor, storyteller, speaker and moderator in the field of agriculture. She graduated with an MSc in Animal Sciences from Wageningen University and gained more than 15 years of experience as a chief editor in leading international agricultural media brands before she started her own business. Yeah, thank you for coming today. Um, I came across an article that you wrote on, on LinkedIn that really intrigued me. It was all about failing forward and I know that's really actually quite key also to agile thinking. So that's something that intrigued me about the article. But what did you, uh, what got you into writing this article? Um, hi, Gwen. <laughs> nice to be on your podcast. Um, well, actually, what in, what's inspired me to write an article about uh, failure or failing forward is actually that I wasn't familiar with the term uh, fail forward. And I saw it popping up on social media just before I wrote the article, which was linked to a TV series. I actually watched myself called We Crashed. And they were linking that series with, a, with that terminology, like fail forward. Um, it's about a startup and about what you've learned from your failures, etc. And I thought like, oh, that's a really interesting term because it has a fail and a forward to bit of a contradictive words in it and I was just thinking how we can apply this terminology to to agriculture and farming like the sector we are in and so I wrote an article about it and included some examples like what we've learned from our failures and maybe we shouldn't call it failures but what we learned from our um, things we did in the past in farming and how we moved on and what we learned from that. Hi Amy it's Nick here um could, could, could you just provide us with a, a definition of fail forward uh, so we can just establish the concept from uh, the get-go? What would be a, a very simple definition of fail forward? I think it's more like that you learned from the past and use that information from your failures and do it better in the future. I think that is a very simple explanation of the term. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
does it apply to lots of different areas or is it more specific than that does it i mean can you apply it to anything obviously you know we're, we're looking at in terms of agriculture but can, can it be applied to anything do you think Oh, definitely. I think it's, it's, you can apply it, of course, to your personal life that you, the choices you've made in your personal life, you, I think a lot of people maybe switched jobs or moved to a different place to live or tried something and, and didn't work out that well. So you, you, you learn from it and you know better what you want in a job, for example. So I think that applies for, for everyone on a personal level. If you look at different businesses and sectors, I think it. It definitely applies for new businesses or startups that are really moving fast, accelerate fast and try new things fast, especially in, in, in livestock or act in, in the ag tech world. There's a lot of startups there that also do a lot of things and a lot of things or if it's on developing, building software tools, <clears throat> it doesn't work out. So you learn from it. In general, I think it applies to all kinds of sectors. You said earlier that it, it sounds like um, a contradictory term, fail forward, but there's a lot of um, positivity as well to it, isn't there? Yeah, especially, I think, um, of course, it sounds a bit like a cliche, but I think there's always, it's always good to to make mistakes and and try to learn from it. And, and you will do it differently in, in the future. And if everything goes well, I think that's also not good. And you don't have failures to, to learn from it and how you react to it and trying to yeah, do it better. So I think with failures, it, everything should improve in the end. <laughs> I think that is uh, what we're all trying to, to grasp here. And uh, of course, there are different failures. There are small ones that I don't have a lot of impact per se but of course there's also bigger failures that have a bigger impact so yeah but in general I think it's a positive term yeah I mean maybe I can jump in and also bring like an, an example that I've personally uh, was privileged to, to to experience like you know it was actually when I was doing my MBA and we were split into groups for like a whole course and um, uh, using simulation modeling and we all had to in teams start our own businesses uh, and, you know, make decisions um, for the businesses or so uh, like you would do in, in real life. And we had this one person on our team who was actually the owner of uh, and CEO of a startup company. And he said, yes, we have to make um, mistakes quickly and, and fast and learn from them. And, you know, don't yeah, just make mistakes. And uh, we were like sort of, hmm, OK, <laughs> but we did that. Uh, we made uh, mistakes uh, and just wanted to learn from it and tried lots of different things. And of course, you know, we were also measured. We could see how we were performing against others in, with our decisions. And initially, uh, because we were making mistakes, um, we were sort of a bit behind, but we were learning quite quickly from the mistakes. And at the end, that really helped us to push forward. And, and we won this, this because, you know, we were all compared against each other, we won it. Um, and that for me, it is really helping me to believe in that concept as well, that, uh, you know, you, you, you can learn from, from mistakes and you shouldn't be afraid of making them. And that's then also helping you to fail forward. So that was a good experience for me, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it, it brought you something, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah. Emmy, how how can you persuade people that failing is good in some way? Is that difficult to do? I think our natural instinct is not to fail. And I think a lot of people, especially in you know high performing businesses, it's, it's hard to to fail or just to accept that that failure can be a good thing. So also for me personally, I think yeah, if you fail in, in something you do for work or something other, it's it's you feel you're not successful or something. So I think it's very difficult to per se, but I think it's also depending on the working environment you're in. If it's like applauded to to be open about it, or if people around you on farm level or advisors you work with are really helping you move on. I think that really helps like the context and that it's okay to to fail and not being surrounded by people that are really judging you for it. But that depends on, I think, where you work or the people that are surrounded by you. So It's really about the mindset as well, isn't it? That, you know, you look at it not so much as a failure. It's it's more as, um, um, as, a, as a learning step. I guess yeah. it's a bit like, you know, when, when you go for an, a job interview and uh, you don't get the job and you want feedback, don't you, as to why, you know, the interview wasn't successful. I mean, I guess that's an example of failure, but then you're using the feedback to to improve your, your interview technique and maybe get the job, be successful next time. So it's maybe the failure is, is a bit of a harsh term and it's, it's more the decisions that you took at a certain time that or maybe different in retrospective, or especially, yeah, like your your example with an interview. Sometimes you you think you come across really good and not knowledgeable or prepared, and having an outside perspective or a new perspective on on how you come across can be really difficult sometimes, and really not what you had in mind of how you come across. But it it in the end, it will you start thinking about it, and you will start improving yourself so I think it's more sometimes a bit of an ego question uh, ego issue as well to mm-hmm. to accept it AI artificial intelligence company they're really it's all about trial and error and trial and error because they're that's just in their nature and that is I think just linked with software programming or building AI models that is just all about trial and error so you see that look those startup companies are Mm-hmm. I think very familiar with that term, um, but if you apply it to some more traditional companies in agriculture or in other other sectors, I think um, they're not so familiar with it because maybe they don't have a bit of a computer science background where this is more normal, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's where the agile principles are coming from as well. It's more from these um, computer tech sort of companies yeah. like that are doing like this trial and error and there they can quite quickly um, adapt and, and, and change, uh, you know, once they've tested different things. But yeah, on a farm situation, sometimes it might not be quite so easy because, you know, if you plant something um, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season and it takes a long time until you actually see the results, then it's um, obviously, um, you know, a bigger undertaking. For, yeah, yeah to, um, exactly to see the change or maybe the change that you might not have wanted. So uh, what do you think? How can you deal with these sort of situations on, on farms? But again, it's also a matter of 
science and knowledge at the time that that were, were fueling those decisions that farmers have to make. I think one practical example is um, from the Netherlands where I'm, I'm from. We of course have the nitrogen crisis and the whole big discussion about farming in the Netherlands at the moment. And 10 or 20 years ago, a lot of farmers invested in uh, nitrogen reduction uh, flooring for dairy farms uh, with the knowledge at the time that they were very good in solving a problem. So, and now just recently last week, it came out that those type of flooring or type of barns were actually not helping at all. And they new science showed that actually those, the decisions made at the time with by farmers were kind of a failure, but it was not a failure by the farmers, but maybe the failure about what we knew at the time. That's, I think, if you apply to farms, I think you always make an investment in, for, for the long term and, and with, with the knowledge and science and the advice you get at that time. So. Yeah, but I think it's a, it's a good example. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you see, in, on farms, you tend to invest more for the longer term as well so of course it's not always easy then to to change as quickly but we also now have um, some new technologies like coming from the well from the ai sector that uh, is helping farmers to um try some things um, and, and measure it quite quickly in real time to then also see you know what is working and not as what is not working so what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's also facilitating, maybe uh, helping them a bit. Yeah, exactly. I think um, what you see nowadays is more predictive intelligence and trying to look in the future what's going to happen when you apply this this type of feed and what happens actually to to my birds or the pigs or the dairy cows instead of looking back and feed a certain diet or apply a certain management technique and, and, and only look back and adapt and etc. So I think with technology, we can just prevent, I think, a lot of failures and prevent a lot of bad decisions because we can actually proactively see what's going to happen. I think circling it back to dairy cows, I think a lot of sensor technology applied in dairy cows are so moving so quickly and getting so smart that we can actually say that this particular cow is getting sick or getting mastitis in two or three days from now. And that prevents us from a failure that maybe that that cow is going to die or is going to be really sick or we have to apply a lot of antibiotics. If we know beforehand what's going to happen, we can make different decisions and put that cow aside or treat it a little bit with less antibiotics in the, in the long term. And yeah, so I think that is a really game changer that we can now, instead of looking back of what we've did and, and see the results, what something we did in farming for many years, that now we turn it around and say, okay, this is what we can predict from our performance we have a lot of modeling animal modeling we have a lot of sensor technology that is helping farmers to just make better decisions and in the end i think have less so-called failures i'm just wondering whether um mediation is good here i mean um uh, you know there are some farmers who who find it difficult to accept that they failed uh, or made a wrong decision 
And it just reminds me of a previous guest who who does this, who goes to farms and mediates and tries to make farmers make better decisions in the future by just talking over things and have and being a bit more humble about making their mistakes and and, and not worrying or, or not feeling bad about making those mistakes. Do you think that uh, could work in this uh, context? Yes, I think that is always good because I think the whole social mental part of farmers is quite underestimated and I think they're just human beings with um, a lot of challenges and a lot of uh, worries so I think mediation or someone besides a farm advisor or a feed advisor or a veterinarian that comes to farm I think an independent person that helps farmers with decision making in general I think it's really good and yeah because of course you always surrounded by people from your from your own agricultural field but um, I'm sure Nick you refer to as a mediation person that is not so much linked to agriculture per se yeah yeah well I, I was just thinking um, I was just thinking about our previous guest who, who was actually connected with farming so he understood the struggles and and the decision making and the problems exist within generations of a family of a farming family so he he kind of had yeah. that uh, background and that knowledge so which kind of helped uh, him identify you know what the issues were but you know he, i think the most important thing was to own that decision good mm -hmm. or bad but just to own it no i think that that's really good and i think with the more data and the more technology we have at our hands and the more information we get I think those decisions can be made with more confidence nowadays than maybe 25 years ago. That um, I think the farmers of today, like the, the new generation, have can maybe they maybe have more decisions to make, but they can also be maybe more data driven or maybe more backed up with with like why do I make this decision? Which makes it maybe also easier if that fails if you really made a decision based on all the data you have at that point and but it still fails i think it may be easier to accept it than maybe the older generation that had at to do everything on experience and a lot of assumptions and maybe failure for the older generation farmers was maybe even harder yeah i mean i think also what what we've also learned um as well is like from it, it, it is important just to make a decision, not to be afraid to, to, to make the decision um, because, you know, it, it like also like you mentioned earlier, I mean, it, you can only make a decision based on, on your current knowledge and then mm -hmm. you can see how, how it pans out. But not making a decision is also like making a decision and that, you know, that's maybe sometimes worse um, because you don't know what then wasn't working basically yeah. in some ways so um exactly. i think that 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 is also important and that's why i like this concept of feeling forward that it's you know it is helping you to to try out new things it is helping you to make decisions and you know not without being too afraid um of you know the outcome you know obviously based on what mm -hmm. we on our data and, and everything we we try our best to to make a good quality decision 
Um, and if not, then, then we learn from it and we can make an even better decision afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think some of the investments are relatively small. It can also be small management, management uh, adjustments on farm that can have a big impact. And if they fail, like, for example, you start with a new way of pushing feet in front of the cows or you start with a robot or you get rid of the robot, the, the feed pusher, some things that might not have a very economical or drastic impact on the cows or your farm per se, but you can try small steps and see, you know, mm. how it turns out for your farm. Yeah, um, because you don't have to apply to the whole field or something. You can also just do like a pilot for or like a small exactly. group of your flock. You do not have to apply to the whole and just try it out. Yeah. That's also mm -hmm. like small yeah, steps, exactly. like you see. Yeah. And that's what we see with, with sensor technology as well. I think when, when well, going back to dairy farms as well, uh, again, but some dairy farms that haven't had any neck collars or accelerometers on their cows ever, they, they, they tend to start with a small group like the lactating cows and start to measure things with them like rumination time, lying time, etc. instead of, you know, applying a sensor to all of the cows, including the dry cows or the heifers. But from my experience, you see that once they start with a little group of cows, like the lactating cows, because they're considered the most important, they quickly move on to see the benefit of that technology for other groups, production groups as well, including the dry cows and heifers etc so then it also gives them confidence like okay i start small and i do a little pilot on my own farm and then mm -hmm. if i learn how to work with the data and i see the benefits etc then i apply this technology on on all of my cows for example but that's more like you're getting adjusted to a new way of working and you don't maybe want to invest in if you have a three or five thousand cow farm you you suddenly you don't want to buy maybe five thousand sensors all in once it's it's quite a big thing so you you want to try an error trial and error on your own farm and most of the time it works out well then they see the benefits and they start you know upscaling on their own farm mm -hmm. And it's also to see how it works in your situation, because I mean, every farm is different as well, of course, and you have to see how it works um, yeah, for your particular farm and, and maybe then also adapt it maybe somehow to, to what your farm requires. Yes, exactly. I think that's a good thing. That's a lot of, you know, companies that have a lot of services or options with technology and some of the farms only use a couple of those options and another farm maybe in another region uses um, a few other options is sometimes compared with Excel. I think when I use Excel for, you know, making tables or anything, I maybe use only 5% of what Excel can do. This is the same with technology on farms. There's a lot of things you can actually do, but what applies to that particular farm is maybe only maybe 10 or 25% of what the system can do. But in potential, it can do more. But it, yeah, it depends on on the issues you have on farm and your farm goals, and that can be very different. Just going back to the article uh, briefly, uh, Emmy, did you get any reaction to that or any comments that you can share with us? Um, yeah, not so much like 
reactions in words, but of course it's social media, people like the article. So I'm, I'm assuming they, they get something from it. Yeah. Um, there were a few people that actually say like, oh, it's, it's really nice that, you know, this concept of, you know, which applies to, to all of the sectors is actually very relevant to agriculture and maybe more to agriculture, maybe than even because we're in such a dynamic world and so much things change. So yeah, people try to, to really like the examples I put in as well, like the practical examples, like this is what we learn from things that didn't go well and how can we apply it to farming today to, to be able to keep on farming in the, in the coming years. Thank you so much for giving up your time today. We really appreciate that. It's a pleasure. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast. As Winston Churchill once said, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. One thing's for sure, we definitely want to continue with our podcast. Let us know if you have any ideas for new episodes or just want to join us as a guest to share your insights, thoughts and expertise. You can also follow us on Twitter at Agile Farming. Bye-bye for now.